starting with, well, and it begins with us inside, Paula. It begins yeah. with me, it begins with you. Yeah. With that one person, and, and that f- fuels the global interconnected links to all. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Knowing Me, Knowing You with Paula. And yes, I am Paula, your host, all the way on the west coast of Canada. And that was the voice of my wonderful guest. But before we meet her, I want to say thank you for tuning in. And this is my invitation to you to sit back, enjoy and learn more about yourself and others. Welcome back to my returning listeners. And if you are tuning in for the first time, welcome. This podcast is about knowledge, share and storytelling with friends and those I've met along this journey we call life. And during our time together, I do hope you receive some great takeaways. My guest today is a spiritual leader in her community, a quantum energy facilitator, body worker and wellness educator, grief healer, and she calls herself a mountain goat as she loves to hike the local mountains in her area. As a Reset Your Vibe coach, she says on her website that she will guide you to tap into your intuitive brilliance, to elevate your vibration and live a life you truly love. During our conversation in this two-part episode, she opens her heart to us, provides great insight into confronting and healing from grief, shares her life stories, insight into her eight-week Crystallize Your Vision program, which integrates her five-star point system. I met her through the wellness industry, and she is a vibrant, energetic personality. If you visit her website, she has a free action guide ebook, Eight Steps to Raise Your Vibration. Her connection details, which are clickable links, are in the show notes of this episode. This is another episode filled with a wealth of knowledge, information share, and storytelling. And I'm excited for our conversation, and I do hope that you will enjoy it too. Meet my friend, Colleen Winnier from Heartlink Consulting. And I'm born and raised actually in North Vancouver, British Columbia, which is in Canada. And I choose to live here, even though I've visited some beautiful places in the world. There's a magnificent energetic vibe to the North Shore where the mountains are. I have come from a small family and I led a painful life in a lot of respects. I would say mm-hmm. my first 50 years. I have a smile on my face now, but it didn't come so easily. Uh, going through stages and layers, which we'll get into. Um, but, you know, when you arrive at that place and you find that sense of freedom, and I can claim it in my hometown. That's really beautiful a career path. Um, but I can honestly say that it's always been business first and foremost in my mind. And growing up in a family that didn't have a lot of prosperity and cash flow, and we could add poverty conscious minded thinking mm-hmm. from the generational, it was work, you know, this uh, imprint that we are who we are by how much we efforts we apply. Mm-hmm. And when cash flow didn't look prevalent for, say, university and whatnot, it was like, what are you gonna do? And so imagine graduating high school and and interviewing for three companies, and the third one was a match. And within less than two weeks, about a week, 
<laughs> I was employed, I think July 7th. Mm-hmm. And just so right from the get-go, I spent my first career actually growing up in the lumber industry, Paula. Here I'm growing up selling, eventually moving from administrative into sales assistant into selling lumber overseas to, to countries in Asia through the old-fashioned means of fax machines and uh, mm. middle agents who could speak English we didn't have Google translation. <laughs> yeah. uh, and um, I learned a lot, but I lived in a man's world that only highlighted that which I believed I needed to be. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know what feminine nature was, nor did my mom, nor did her mom. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was interesting. Um, but I found uh, through even working and learning how to speak and show up, in a male industry, my best friends were, were my running partners, were my guys. And I did go along with them really well. But what was really interesting is through the 11 and a half years there, I got to a place where, I mean, I know we need lumber for many reasons to live. <laughs> and I really couldn't care less about the grading of the lumber and passing the course. People came to me to talk to me my whole life about relationships. The men would want to talk about their challenges, um, so on with their, you know, their dating partners or their wives. And the ladies would want to like ask me the stuff that they're a bit scary and uncomfortable about. So that's how the journey started. But my heart always, always eventually yearned for freedom. Mm -hmm. How could I have that? And I was feeling restricted over the years in a company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you you call yourself now a quantum energy facilitator. Uh, yes, that is true. For many, many years, I said quantum because quantum is uh, a take on energy, mm-hmm. being that we're energy beings, um, you know, living, you know, our spiritual existence, energy beings residing in the human body. Um, I've facilitated energy. The core essence of everything I teach is based on energy is everything. How you feel is everything. But to cap that, I have definitely moved through the, um, you say the, the different names and the different hats. They're just mm. hats we wear as a spiritual intuitive who mm-hmm. helps people see things and connect help them connect their own dots back to themselves. And I have, I'm an energy vision coach. So I work now today after 20 ish years, a very uh, one-to-one work with people from the gamut of a young nine-year-old to a 92 year old men and women, helping them tap into their body through body work and massage, acupressure, you know, all of these uh, things uh, to move them through layers of attracting people who'd gone through deep grief and loss Mm -hmm. like I had. And and then Mm -hmm. that all flourished through in various modalities. And um, (laughs) one of the things we were talking about, you and I, Paula, and you said, if you weren't doing what you do, what would be a career that you could see yourself in? Number one, I was thinking professional rock climber. 
<laughs> I can see that. <laughs> yeah. I'm, a, I'm a Capricornian goat. Yeah. Love the rock. I like, yeah. if I had the, you know, that skinny body, well, I obviously I could have trained for it, but I, I used to rock climb. They would be professional rock climber or number two, it would be motivational speaker. Nice. But the old days it was, you're standing on stage and you're channeling, you know, and you're speaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, little did I know that I would work very deeply one-to-one with people who would unpack, release, let go of their physical, emotional, mental, spiritual pain that they embodied uh, that I didn't plan on that. Please. Mm -hmm. I I did not go looking for this. It found me. Yeah. And so I noticed what you, you mentioned Shambhala trainings. Yeah. What is that? Oh, it changed my life. When I was, you, you have to understand the background, how it arrived, because it'll make sense. Before I was exposed to Shimbella trainings and the gentleman who created the program, we'll say, I knew the generic certified counseling. I understood about talk therapy, spiritual books. I was the 12 year old teenager that had all the personal growth teachings all around me, but it wasn't until I was. I talk to these, you know, 13 year olds or, mm-hmm. or, you know, 18 year olds now, and they're going through what I went through at that age. But mm-hmm. when I was 25, my cousin um, and I were living together with our aunt, we'd all broken up with our partners and we all came together as a, as a union. And uh, our aunt was a bit older and our, the, me and my cousin were both the same age within 27 days of each other. Mm-hmm. When we were living together, we noticed a lump on Rob's neck. And he eventually had it checked. It was diagnosed as cancer. It was very uh, progressive. Mm -hmm. It was skin cancer. Initially, we learned he went downhill from there, from Mm -hmm. the mainstream, you know, only way of caring for self. So obviously, naturally, the helper and me joined the party and gave him information and rode the ride to Calgary and lived, visited and I ended up um, partway through his not well, dad was diagnosed with cancer. Mm. So within nine months of each other, after that, they both passed away within nine months of each other Mm. and being at their bedsides, you know, having this depth of experience, what it did for me, Paula is I already was kind of like, sometimes a happy kid, sometimes a depression, don't Mm. like the mornings. I didn't understand what was going on. Self-worth was down, you name it. You know, I didn't always feel good about myself, not loving. Um, But when this happened, there goes the grief. There goes, you know, the freak out. And uh, the blessing was when I was searching outside for answers on what I felt was Rob trying to communicate with me after he passed, but I'd never, ever, ever experienced this before. So I thought I was making up these experiences and these Mm. moving objects and this electricity flashing and radio stations changing. It was amazing. I went to, what do you do? You go to your tribe or your present community. Mm. You say, hey, can anyone help me or tell me what's going on? And at the time, not a one, not a family member, not a friend knew what the heck. I was going through because they had mm. never gone through it. Not even my, our auntie 
who was a part of our trio when Rob died. We both were on his bedside. Nope. She's like, but you know what? If there's a lady down the hall. So the lady down the hall came and <laughs> met me, introduced me to a spiritual alliance church, tended there for a while, met a psychic medium who worked with the police in homicide, helping them solve cases, started seeing her for psychic readings and then medical intuition body work. And you add those thingies together yeah. and you yeah. get the body, the mental, the spiritual. And it's, I'm still a mess crying over the boys. But um, the beautiful thing, I was led to Shambhala trainings. And in this gentleman's presentation, I got to tell you, girl, I went to a small presentation. I listened and gleaned in. He was this deep sage about Eastern traditional teachings and combining all the religions and faiths, Western and Eastern. Mm. And he talked about stuff. I didn't even know what the frick he was talking about. (laughs) (laughs) And I was panicked the first time he said, look at your partner on the right, sitting beside you in the chair. Beautiful woman, you know, beautiful woman. She was so confident and tall and lean and lovely. Look in her eyes and just stare in her eyes and Mm. don't blink. Just let her in. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I've never like been able to hold yeah. eye contact. So this dates me right back. But when I did it, I was scared, but my whole body inside said, you got to work with this man. And so Shambhala mm. trainings was a place for us to heal our hearts and our bodies. Nice. And so that's literally where you, you continued on your journey to where you are today then and what you do today, right? Yes. So you you offer the you're a quantum energy facilitator, um, you're a reset your vibe success coach and spiritual intuitive, and um, so how do you believe your work impacts the world and your community and the people you work with? Hmm, that's a beautiful question. Mm. I think it changes form. I help people change form. Yeah, I support people in transforming their lives by deeply tapping in through the way we work together, Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes consciously and other times it's unconscious for them. I help them tap into those states that they're holding themselves back. You know, when we let go of that pain we're holding on or that belief narrative story, the Mm -hmm. mindset it's connected in the cellular body. So we need to connect. I help people connect where I feel it's a thousand million percent important. And I'll say this right now. I remember years ago, Tony Robbins um, used to speak in a certain direction about what he felt was the number one most important thing for us to thrive. It is so paramount that we connect with you know, how we feel and we meet that feeling and we vibe that state. And that's why I've noticed his works like very much get into the, into our vibe and shift from the inside out. And Mm. this is the the answer. So when I heard that, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not a, you know, making this up. It is. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a statement here that says, uh, I wrote it with my bestie soul sister before she transitioned 
what is like your dream, your passion, your vision? She said, what is the thing that you need to always remember, Colleen, that you seem to teach people, but you need it for you? And I said, oh, right. So I wrote down this one phrase that says, my true alignment, staying with my first love, being in the energy field to being in a higher, higher energy field when it drops and how I feel get, get back in there, no matter what is going on around me or what my obligations or list says to do. And so if, if someone was interested in pursuing the same career or field, what advice would you give someone? What direction would you send them on to start navigating the space? I'd ask them to go inside first. I'd mm-hmm. ask them to trust themselves. I'd ask them to, uh, I'd show them a few ways that they can go inside, meaning go in asking themselves for answers rather than diminishing looking outside themselves. And I bet you they're going to already come up with some things they've already thought about that they may have forgotten about. So trust yourself because my career didn't, I didn't pursue it. (laughs) It pursued me. So what happened is I conjured up some experiences. I believe I'm a co-creator in my choice of communing with, you know, my family members and and supporting them through giving away my my power. Like I, I believe I chose this a million percent. I'd say to them, ask yourself where you feel good and where you feel not so good. So when you think about something, does it lift your heart and feel your heart or not? Mm -hmm. Because my career didn't come out of going to school and saying, you're going to go through this program and you're going to become an X, Y, Z. It came from me coming up with my own revelation of what it is that I'm here to do. It's a little tricky. But if someone is, does feel they know they are intuitive, they love to work with people. They love to help people. They're like you were in your situation when you were in the lumber industry, where people would come and, you know, that they could come and sit and share with you and talk to you and be open. And, and they loved your guidance and any information that you would share with them or, or, or your thoughts or advice or whatever else it is. So if someone wanted to take a couple of uh, different types of courses or trainings, would there be anything specific? Is there anything there that you could share with listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I have a program that matches and aligns with that. Um, But first thing I would say is, again, it's asking... um, it is going within themselves to, to ask themselves, what is it that they jive with? And when they find a subject matter that they're exploring, maybe it's new to them, mm. like the, the, my career becomes like, okay, like I'm intuitive. I'm feeling led in this direction. What do I need to do? Well, A, they could work with me. I can describe and tell you why. I help people get clarity on their vision mm-hmm. um, through their intuition. So they want to work on if whether it be not working with myself or whether it be working with someone that they vibe with, you want to go and see what I did was 
when I was looking for a training in say business, how to bring this program forward and take 20 years of in-person client work, how do I take this multiple arena of things mm-hmm. that done with people and make it an online program. That yeah. was what I was stuck yeah. with, right? I said, how do I do that? So what I did, Paula, was I probably spent, so I think I'm answering by sharing an example. I probably spent two to three years because maybe it'll come faster for you. I sure hope so. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it took me time to get clear on what it was that I felt I was ready to share and match up universally with the right teacher. So what I did was I, I interviewed people. I got on calls with coaches or the, the team uh, sales manager of a program. And I interviewed them. I shared what I'm looking for. And then I tuned in. I uh, took in what they shared and how their program works. And I literally brought it in like a vibe. I said, on a scale of one to 10, am I vibing with what they're saying? The way Mm. they say they could help me. Are they vibing with me? They feel like the personality I could work with. Does their program, is it too technical or less technical? Is it got stages I can work at my own pace or do I have to keep up with? So I made sort of a list of uh, non uh, official list mm-hmm. of, of noticing the things that these people were sharing with me. And I just went, okay, that that's an eight. That's a two. No. Okay. Thank you so much for your wonderful time. That's what I say when you want to work with a practitioner or a program, you have to vibe with the person. It's trusting that you know how to move your body forward and listen through your heart, your gut, mm-hmm. and what people people present to you, not what they say. So what advice would you give a younger Colleen? You know, I want to throw my arms around her and mm-hmm. I want to love her up. And I, I would tell her, you're, you're worthy as you are. It's okay to be, and there's nothing wrong with you. And it's safe. It's safe to feel. Mm. And you have a voice Mm. and what you are feeling and what you are thinking, it matters. And the world needs to hear you. So from Mm. that place, no matter what judgments you have about yourself and your lack of worthiness, it's, it's not true. <laughs> um, I'll, I will just add one more thing to that um, is this. I want to run from myself over and over and over again. And I would tell my little girl, run to yourself. Mm. I'm going to steal that for, for me too. I tell my younger self the same thing. Run to <laughs> yourself, right? Beautiful. I love yeah. it. Give yourself a good hug. I would do the same thing as well, right? And say, you know, It all works out, you know, and believe in yourself, trust in yourself, you know. Just nailed something, hon. Um, My father, who passed at the, um, he was another one of my 12, my dozen of beloveds who died, which was a big piece of my grievance journey over every two years I was losing someone. So that's why grief and the afterlife has been a big um afterlife communication has been a big piece, but my father, before he transitioned at the young age of 60, he didn't have a lot of words, right. For the, Mm. uh, for his daughter. And uh, what was so interesting is two things. I just want to share for the little girl in you and the big girl in you. Okay. Mm. So coming through the little girl, the bigger. So the little girl, Colleen, 
my dad wanted nothing but the best for me, right? However, he didn't know what that was. Mm. But as a man, he tried to fix whatever it could be, but he didn't know. So all I can tell you is the reason I'm saying to the little girl in you is, you know, hug yourself and you're worthy to express because my father, years later, I'm in my 20s. Dad didn't talk much, right? He's at the home now where he moved to. He's out in the garden in his peaceful zone. And Colleen shows up trying to include my dad in my story of breakup with my love, 23 or something, 24. Telling him, life is so hard. Like, you know, right, this thing. And he would just say, it'll all turn out. It'll all be good. (laughs) Go to my dad. He's like, it'll all work out. You'll see. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. (laughs) But it was the greatest truth. And so I I hear my dad's voice. And now I can add you to that. um, It'll all work out. (laughs) It'll all work out in the end, right? Yeah. So Colleen, you have experienced deep grief uh, in your life. You know, what has your journey been like confronting the grief? What has been your healing journey and what you know, do we ever really heal? You know, how have you confronted the grief? How did you process the grief? It has been one of the greatest, most in-depth experiences I've ever felt in my whole life. The grief from, you know, the loss of the loved ones actually really put me in touch with the deeper core wounded self within myself, the little girl who felt unloved, not worthy, not seen, not understood, you know, that, that our, our love, it also taught me like that loved ones, they live on and we can contact them 24 seven spiritually, you know, through spiritual communication. It's been an absolute intriguing experience uh, that I didn't understand prior to. You were mentioning like, how have I confronted the grief? I was thinking about, you know, how did that happen for me and how did I process it? And the number one uh, way to do that is to follow, follow the feeling and seek relief at the same time. So I went through the very common emoting, crying, talking, but I felt things um, uncomfortable so that the grief could process. Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand at first, that's really, you know, what it's all about. But the whole reason is grief is, was a gift to me. So, you know, I read books, it led me to some spiritual teachers for deeper solutions along my healing journey. And so what advice would you give someone who is going through grief, you know, the loss of a loved one? Make sure you get body work along the way of counsel, energy work. Work with a counselor that really resonates with you. So let me explain. If you sense, like I did, spiritual happenings, like the sense of your loved one is around you, that could be moving objects, electricity occurrences, you know, maybe they show up in your dreams after they've passed away, you feel them sitting on your bedside. Well, then you want to find a healer, someone like myself or who you resonate with that feels comfortable, who combines the spiritual grief loss with the body work. If you don't seek out somebody else, but it's really important to seek out the people that you resonate with Mm. and get a lot of body work and energy work done because it gets trapped in your cells. I love that. And what advice would you give to people who are 
around someone who is experiencing this type of grief, like the best type of questions to ask and, you know, how can they support someone? It's a really great question. Didn't really have a lot of that when I went through it. However, looking back, keep it simple. Ask them, how are you feeling? Ask them, what can I do for you? Now, they likely or may not know what they need. So then I want you to trust yourself to do or say something or whatever it is that pops into your thoughts. So I'm asking you, someone around someone who's lost a loved one, to use your own instinct and your own intuition to trust yourself. Then let them know that you're here when they want to talk. Your support, referrals, speak normal to them. This is really, really important. Speak normal to them. Mm-hmm. We get edgy, you know, Paula, when we lot when someone like, oh, I don't know what to say. I might, you know, rock their boat, make them cry more. But I have learned that if people would just speak normal to me um, and really were to inquire about a lot more about what I'm thinking and feeling, it would have, it really would have supported, made me feel like I had more uh, people around me, even if they didn't understand the spiritual side. Mm-hmm. Uh, one more thing, often kids, uh, use an example, often kids, you know, even uh, parent, like kids of parents or parents of kids, often kids feel guilty, like they needed to do more for the parent or the child that took their life. So you really want to seek counsel yourself if this triggers past losses for your own life. Mm. Mm. I'm really listening to that for myself, um, for my husband, because his um, father just passed away in South Africa due to COVID complications. And so he's going through a very difficult time. And I've really struggled with what, you know, how, how I can support him. So I'm going to take note of that for sure. Thank you. You're welcome. And much, much love to your husband and to you as well. Thank you. So what has or had sustained you uh, during these difficult moments um, and this time of grief and sense of loss? You know, did you, did you connect with any spiritual leaders, Facebook communities, you know, spiritual communities, family? Yeah, absolutely. This was before the Facebook days. Mm. Uh, I lost a lot of loved ones, one person every couple of years. So back then, when this first started happening, when I was 27, I, my first spiritual teacher who wasn't much older than me, her name was Elaine, and she was a medium, and she was a spiritual guide, and she was an intuitive medical body worker who I met at a spiritual church who worked with the police in homicide, and she was my lifesaver. Naturally, with the spiritual experiences, I first was drawn to her for what's happening to me. Mm-hmm. But she also did body work, and I I was amazed what she could see in the body, the connections of the emotional, physical, spiritual, and mental. And she'd be channeling while she was working on me. So she was first. Another one that was really paramount for me was Tirtha. Tirtha ran Shambhala trainings, and I knew I was meant to work with him in his group esoteric teaching. So he combined Western psychology, which did not work for me, Paula, with Mm. Eastern traditions that he studied very intensely. The short version is imagine coming together in a group of people, all working on personal spiritual development. And little did I know that seeking out uh, work to feel better in my life overall, thinking I was grieving my loved ones. uh, Biggest lesson I learned was I was really grieving myself and my core wound. Like I said, in the beginning, 
Um, and last, well, there's many along the way, but I'll just say one mm. more person that's really, it was critical for me. Um, there was Ron, who is my Jinshin Dopa acupressure teacher and healer and talking to him propelled me to get into this career in some ways. And then uh, Diane Raphael, I resonate with you, Paula, because she was ready to transition at some point in, in the last few years, but with energy healing and energy work and continual she lived longer than any doctor suspected with her cancer. With her, we were joined, we were met, we were introduced to each other. And she was the psychological medical intuitive I needed. That was my soul sister and mentor. And she was my best friend. And in spirit, the most important thing I want to share with you is we continue to work together to continue her work blended with mine. I made a promise mm. to her that it will always live on. Mm. Well, thank you for being so open and sharing, sharing that, uh, sharing that with me. I think it's great advice, and um, I'm sure there will be listeners that will um, certainly take to heart the information you've shared. One more thing, Paula, mm-hmm. to the listeners, I invite you who are seeking which way do I go is find your new tribe of folks who understand you, because quite often, if you've gone through what I did you will um, have had a beautiful community around you and you may have wonderful people that love you. But like I did, I turned around and I said, Hey, you know, I need to understand this. I don't know what's going on in this regard, whether it be spiritually or grief. And I had to go outside of my community and create a new one. So I just Mm -hmm. want to say, be open to creating a new tribe. Listeners, we have come to the end of part one of this two-part episode series with Colleen. Please stay to the end as Colleen shares one of her favorite quotes. If you have time, head on into part two and learn all about Colleen's eight-week Crystallize Your Vision program and the five-star point system, which forms the basis of her teachings. Part two is filled with some great takeaways knowledge and information to share and storytelling and I have some fun questions that I ask her. Please share this podcast with friends and family and we do love your reviews as this helps others who may come upon this podcast and wonder whether it is worth a listen. Knowing me, knowing you connection details are available as clickable links in the show notes as well as contact information for our guest Colleen. And as always, in the usual knowing me, knowing you fashion, I would like to leave you with these inspirational final words for us from Colleen by H.W. Punya, known as Papa G. Stop. Stop everything. Then you will realize you are the freedom you have been seeking for and searching for. You are the freedom I am adding in. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate you. Till next time.